articulating with dexterity. The tongue, the teeth, the lips. The and tongue, the teeth, the lips. Faster. So it's articulatory agility. It's a marvelous ability. Manipulating with dexterity. The tongue, the teeth, the lips. Articulatory, articulatory agility, agility is a marvelous, marvelous ability. ability. Manipulating, Manipulating with dexterity. dexterity the, tongue, the tongue, the teeth, the lips. lips. Articulatory agility is a marvelous ability. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now she's going at her own beat. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hear it when y'all do Mommy made me mash my M&M's. <laughs> Mommy made me mash my M&M's. Y'all didn't do that one. Mommy made me mash my m and That was like our we're at UIL. We got to go quick. Yeah. Yes, that. Yeah. That. No, what did you? Did you have to do sirens? Oh, yeah. Because we did them. That's what we would do. Woo! Get out. Listen. <laughs> All right. Are you ready, film? Yes. All right. Brian, you're editing this one. Good luck. Um. No, let's go. The following episode of the Unscripted Podcast contains scenes of violence and sexual... Not scenes of. We're talking about scenes. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. The following episode of the Unscripted Podcast contains discussion of sexual... No, not sexual themes. Yeah. Was there sex in that movie? I wasn't going to talk about it, honestly. Okay, cool. Do you want to just talk about the violence? Scene? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, we're going to have to... If I mention sex, that doesn't yeah. count as a warning, right? I think if you mention it in a way that's like not super graphic or like cool. uh, like disturbing or triggering, because we do have to talk about the violence, because that's the whole point of Halloween. Oh, definitely talk okay. about yeah, cool. All right, the following episode of the Unscripted Podcast contains discussions of graphic scenes of violence. Viewer discretion is advised. That'll be good. All right, you want to do intro? Or do you want me to? You got it. Okay. Two, 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 three. Uh, so are we gonna? Do you want me to do the brief timeline rundown that I tried to explain to you the other day? Just so people kind of have an idea of the entire franchise. Sure. Yeah. Do you think I should move these more in frame? No. No. All right. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rank, senior film columnist here at The Daily Texan, and I am joined by my co-hostess with Mostus. Miss Lori Strode. Yes. No, editor uh, Lori Strode. Editor Laurie Strode. Um, my name is Sage. I am the Life and Arts Associate Editor. Um... And also, first-time Halloween viewer. Yeah, and we have two guests today. Harry Styles. Harry Styles is in the basement with us. Harry. Harry. He finished a movie and came down here. And we have Michael. Michael's here today. Yeah. Say hi, Michael. He's really short. Yeah. yeah for our for our video. But he is ahead of the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, the audience who's listening. It's just a mask of Michael it's Myers on the head. desk right now. It's just as Before we started filming, I was running around wearing the mask. And I really um, learned firsthand why he was breathing so hard in the movie. Because it made me so nauseous and lightheaded. And it was insanely hot. And I will 100% put those photos on screen. Yes. Right please now. Please do. Um, but yeah, today we're talking about um, Halloween, which is a very famous um, horror franchise starring um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'd say very famous is like an understatement. Like this yes. is this is when you think horror movie, you think Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, I feel like Michael Myers 
has breached the genre of horror to become this just icon of general pop definitely. culture. Um, like, everyone knows this guy. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is a very famous horror movie, but very I think famous. it's interesting to see how much he's expanded beyond his genre yeah. to become this pop culture icon. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that um, after we talk about, like, the plot, but that was something because I had never, which I, it's crazy as someone who loves horror so much, but I had never seen the original Halloween and I also learned that there are 13 Halloweens, which yeah. um, Ryan well, told me. Well, will be 13. At the time of recording this, there's 12. Halloween Ends is coming out. Okay. Um, which we will explain yeah. the timeline for that in a little bit. But. but I had only seen one of the Halloween movies. Now I've seen three. Which one? 2018? 2018, yeah. Um, so this was like my first time like getting the to experience the original, which I loved. And we'll talk about more. Yeah. But yeah basic like 13 movie overview most horror franchises are known to be messy and have like multiple plot lines and storylines mm -hmm. and halloween is arguably the messiest with four different plot lines i believe um so there's 13 movies so we have halloween 1978 the original uh, john carpenter and then it goes into halloween 2 which is uh back in 1981 and then we hit halloween 3 which doesn't even have michael myers so the story behind that is halloween 3 was kind of supposed to be this anthology film that breaks away from the michael myers slasher mm -hmm. formula failed in the box office so then there was a big gap between three and four and so halloween 4 brings back michael myers and so um that's where you have your first timeline like break so you have halloween 1 2 and 4 in the same timeline and halloween 3 on its own thing uh, and then after Halloween 4, you have Halloween 5. So now you have 1, 2, 4, 5. Mm -hmm. And then um, after that is 6. And right when 6 hit, that's the end of the first Michael Myers storyline. So Halloween 6 was also called um, the Halloween Resurrection. So you have, or not Resurrection, that's a later one. I lied. Don't listen to that. But then uh, you have Halloween 6. And then after that, they decided to restart a timeline and make Halloween H2O, which is brings back the character of Laurie Strode. And so that starts a new timeline of having the first two Halloween movies tie into that sequel. So by now we're on the seventh movie, but it's the third in this new timeline, Oof. which gets really confusing. And after H2O in 2002, we have Halloween Resurrection, the one I said earlier. Uh, I believe it's called Halloween Resurrection. Um, I think, I forget, there's a famous rapper in that movie, and he like has a <laughs> talk show where he doesn't believe in Michael Myers. That movie's not that great. They kill Laurie Strode in that one. Uh. Um, really unceremoniously. And that one ends off that storyline of one, two, seven, eight. Oof, and okay. so then we hit a long time of no Halloween movies because Resurrection mm -hmm. did so poorly in the box office and we hit the Rob Zombie era. For those who don't know Rob Zombie, he is a musician, uh, writer, director. He recently um, created the month the monsters live action or yeah directed well it. i mean there was a live action monsters back in the day it's just like the movie adaptation of a modern retelling of the monsters because it was a show back in the day mm -hmm. um and so his most notable movies are like house of a thousand corpses uh the devil's rejects three from mm -hmm. hell like really uh southern grindhouse movies is the mm -hmm. best way to describe them. And so he brought that to the Halloween franchise and he made two movies making a whole new timeline that ignores every single Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. And so those were the Rob Zombie Chronicles. <laughs> and then after that, there's a gap because those movies didn't do well. And you have Halloween 2018, which erases everything before it except the first movie. Uh, and then after 2018, you have Halloween Kills and now we have Halloween Ends. Uh, mm -hmm. So while I'm talking about that, I'll put a little graphic on screen. Which so you see I guess that goes to my first question, which is, um, do we think Halloween is actually ending with this movie? No, it's not. Uh, they've no. already solidified in like talks of they'll bring Michael Myers back. It's the end of this timeline. And truth be told, as much as I hate to say this, it's probably the last time Jamie Lee Curtis will play the character Laurie Strode. 
um, because it is going to be a good <laughs> decade or so, I believe, before they pick up with new Michael Myers stories. Because really? Because we've just kind of run dry. Yeah. You know? Uh, it also depends. Maybe Halloween Ends does really well. I don't think it will because it's doing, um, and not because it's a bad movie, but just because the marketing hasn't been that great, mm-hmm. and it's coming the same day to Peacock, which really encourages people not to go to the box office, Yeah. Um, which will make the movie look bad. But also, an important thing to note about this new timeline that I want to break down, because there's a lot in this, um, but this new timeline, you have 1978 Halloween, and then you have 2018 Halloween, so 40 years later. Then you have Halloween Kills, which is on the same night of 2018. And then you have a Halloween Ends, which is four years after the, tw- uh, after the events of 2018 and Kills. So that's supposed to be putting us in 2022. So it is supposed to be keeping that modern feel to it. Okay. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing to know is in all the other timelines, Michael and Lori are sister or brother and sister. Yes. In the newest timeline, which is what Ends is going to be released in, for those who don't know if you've been under a rock or you haven't seen these other movies, <laughs> they are no longer siblings. Which is, I think, an important thing to note. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I do like that. I do think that's, like, an interesting aspect of this franchise. And I'm sure that this might be the case for a lot of other horror franchises. But as I was explaining to Ryan earlier, that is, like, a, such a pop culture blind spot is um, old horror or I don't want to call them old, but like horror franchises, a lot of them. Um, but I do think it's cool, like the concept of this franchise having so many different like plot lines and different like little mini universes and different mini realities. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like Halloween being the cultural phenomenon it is, or yeah, like how do like how do you think? Why do you think it's been able to maintain this longevity? I mean, I think it's the first of its kind. You come at a time in 1978 where you didn't have um, the only other slasher movie up until that point was Black Christmas, and that took a much more Mm -hmm. political approach to a slasher, while Halloween just took the simple bare-bones plot of people getting tracked down and killed by a creepy wearing mask person. And I think something about that, just being attacked in your own home, uh, being attacked on a holiday where typically everyone's just goofing around, there's something that at that time, maybe it doesn't stand out the same way it does Mm -hmm. as it did back then, but at that time it creates this genuine feel of fear of like, we haven't seen this before. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about it, there's no Freddy Krueger. There's no Jason Voorhees. There's no Chucky. We don't have any of these horror icons. And if anything, Michael is the first horror icon. Okay. Yeah. That's so I think it's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like how the MCU formed, where it's like you have Iron Man and everyone loved that movie and just kept wanting more. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, people just grasp onto that. And that's why these franchises grow. Yeah. And I will say, like, along the lines of what you're saying earlier, I think Michael Myers is such a culture, cultural icon at this point. Everyone knows, like, when you think horror, you do think of him. Like, he is yeah. the most iconic, like, horror one of the most iconic horror villains mm-hmm. of like our generate or of, of like this era of modern filmmaking um but because of that i feel like he's just been so ingrained like he's so like, you see him everywhere especially like during halloween like just growing up like that's always just like he's just become such an icon mm. in pop culture that i'm not like scared of him like at all like and yeah. i always thought of him as even because the first i will say like i had never seen the original halloween the only one that i'd seen prior to this um was halloween 2018 which i loved oh, yeah. um good but movie. such a good movie but um he um you know obviously i didn't i didn't find him scary i would even like i would even go as far to say and i low-key still stand by this that I could outrun him. Like, I'm not scared of him. Like, if he was chasing me down, I do fully believe I could outrun him. But can you outsmart him? Exactly. And that's the thing that is so scary is that I think, like, at this point, I mean, you know, he's still kind of creepy, definitely. Oh, yeah. But because he's such a, a pop culture icon, I don't find him as scary. But when I was watching the original, um, like, Halloween 1978, 
I was genuinely scared and I do I'm not someone who like is easily scared by horror movies but like genuinely I was like okay I'm scared as someone who has seen so many projects from modern horror I can't even imagine if I was watching this when it came out mm-hmm. like just the the scene at the even just right from the jump the scene of like him like the POV from like you know the clown him, mask yes and like the breathing and like him like looking at like you know and killing his sister his sister and the boyfriend like th- that was well, so he didn't kill the boyfriend, boyfriend or escapes. yeah the boyfriend does escape but like you know he's seen them yeah and um you know just like watching that scene and like the sound design of like hearing the breathing it's so just eerie and the the music too the score that's another thing that i feel like has become such like a pop culture phenomenon is the music mm. um that theme like it's even sampled in so many songs but when i was watching the movie i was like wow this is so effective mm. and it's crazy that something that i think i've is so like ingrained to us is just like a little culture like cultural symbol of horror has just like that much of an impact even when i was like watching this movie i i was watching it in here in the daily texan basement um at like 10 a.m with my earbuds in and i was like scared genuinely it's like, freaky it's so freaky you have those stings where it's like yes it's like it's, really high-pitched violin so, screechy sounds yes um you have those five recognizable notes of it's almost in a way it's like its own version of the jaws theme it is i would definitely go as far to say that that theme is one of the most iconic mm-hmm. movie themes i think i i had a friend movie. about two weeks ago who um just like we heard the michael myers theme somewhere out and about because everyone mm-hmm. started to do halloween stuff and um he recognized that and he goes oh i know that song and i was like oh yeah it's from halloween he goes what <laughs> And so it's it's kind of interesting that like yeah you don't even have to have seen the movie to know or at least have heard that song outside of just knowing who the character is what the movies are which yeah. I think just goes to show how strong that soundtrack is it is it's so good and even in like 2018 mm-hmm. um, John Carpenter coming back to even double down and make an even better soundtrack with his son mm. um, and like they use bow strings on electric guitars and things like that and it's it's almost this whole like John Carpenter knows how to make good scary music definitely I think that that was like such a big thing I noticed in watching the 1978 yeah was just I was just surprised by how genuinely like scary I was and I can't even imagine back in the day how I would have felt if I was watching that in the theater and it's a basic movie I mean movies nowadays feel like they have to be so complicated they have to do all these different things but at the end of the day Halloween 1978 is basically as bare bones as you can get Mm -hmm. I mean you have the basic uh you have the basic final girl you have the hero uh like the hero mentor you have the villain you have the best friends who die like it's the most bare bones horror movie you can get yet somehow upon watch it is still just arguably one of the best movies of all time let's talk about characters real quick yeah i let's talk about miss laurie strode Mm. i am obsessed with her um and i know that before we started recording you were kind of mentioning how um you took a class on um gender in film or women's studies it was gender studies in like horror films in horror across uh across many different genres of horror Mm -hmm. um but particularly slasher we studied a lot of um carol clover's essays on men women and chainsaws Mm. and gender in um original horror films Mm -hmm. and so like i wrote a paper about um halloween and how the final girl subverts the stereotypical like sexist expectations of like you have oh the weak feminine character who can't actually survive, but then Laurie Strode ends up being the sole survivor and kicks so much butt in this movie, mm-hmm. right? And so that was something where John Carpenter did something in a horror movie 
uh, to totally flip the script on what your stereotypical movie was at the time in the 70s mm-hmm. to kind of create this character that all audiences could latch on to and uh, not necessarily always feel fear for her, but like simultaneously feel that fear, but like, oh, she's going to get out of this, okay, because she's yes, so awesome. Yes, exactly. It's that. It's almost like a feeling of like exhaustion. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, like, she, like here she goes again. Here she goes again. And like, I know just she's going to... give her a break. Yeah. And I'm like, I know she's going to be fine, but... Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's such an effective, like, obviously the final girl is such a, um, I don't even know how, what like a staple. Kind of word. It's such a staple of horror, but mm. it's such an important part of horror because it's one of the best, like, character arcs to throw in for your protagonist. Definitely. And um, to see it played out in its technical original form, there was a movie before it that did this as well. But, like, the technical first mainstream use of the final girl is so fascinating to see in Halloween. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think it's also interesting to just see that character across the different movies. Yeah. Um, I think she's definitely, and I know like this is like dramatic for me to say as someone who literally just watched the original this morning, but um, I, she has to be one of my favorite like female horror icons um, ever. Like I think she's so just like this, such like a dynamic character because like we see her in Halloween 1978. She's still a badass. She's still like, you know, Alice Marty Michael mm. outrunning Michael at every turn. But then we see her, and then I guess the next time we, or the next time I've seen her, because I am not caught up, and I promise by the end of this October, I will have watched all the Halloween movies. <laughs> yes, but good luck with that. Then the next one I watched is 2018. Yeah. Um, and then there we see her as this very, like, methodical, careful, like, she's been through this, like, how mm. many times? Like, she is prepared. Like, she has that whole, like, all these, like, traps. She has, like, that whole, like, basement area, and, like, she's, like, prepared she's smart she's planned she's calculated in the best way she um has just like adapted and like it's like i I feel like we almost find like solace in her in a weird Mm. way because like she we know that like she's going to go through this but like as an audience it's like it's almost like just fun yeah to as like to have that character that you know like will be okay yeah i mean and maybe at some point maybe she won't be we'll see when does it come out do you know Comes out the Friday after this podcast episode releases. If this podcast episode comes out on a Monday, it's this coming Friday. Okay. Well, we'll see in a few weeks. Um, the fate of Miss Laurie Strode in Halloween Next ends. week. Next week. Ooh, Next week. I'm I so mean, excited. as of the time you're watching this episode, yeah. it's probably the same week. Yeah. But <laughs> 16th. Well, yeah, we'll see. But I feel like it's like it's kind of fun to see this character a as you know as. I, I, if like you're a young girl watching horror to know, see this character that's such like a strong female character mm-hmm. um that's so empowering but also just to have this character that you know is like so smart it's kind of fun to see like what's she gonna do next yeah because i feel like across this franchise and granted i haven't seen a lot of the movies but with michael we kind of see the same his like kills i feel like don't like change that much which is not a bad thing but like depends he kills someone with the end of a shotgun Ooh. like stabs them with the end of a shotgun okay, yeah. so like he he's not let's be real like compared to all the other horror people he's not as creative so you're right yeah he's um, like i would like i would he's say stab throw that's about it yeah like at the we're kind of like with michael like you're, you know what you're gonna get into like he's mm-hmm. going to he's going to just come he's going to attack he's not gonna run too fast yeah but he's somehow going to just kill in the most like brutal way possible Mm. usually in close range yeah i would say (laughs) um and so it's interesting to see instead like more of the focus shift to laurie strode where she's like this character that's constantly like 
advancing in her ways of like protecting herself and like yeah. adapting to the situation <laughs> well, especially with taking um into mind just strong female protagonists in the 70s mm-hmm. um the only other ones i can think of at that time were like ellen ripley and um like in horror yeah. would be like ellen ripley and um she doesn't really even shine her most until the 80s with aliens i believe is when aliens came out mm-hmm. um but to see laurie should be that kind of first like anyone can be like laurie strode yes it's the normal girl she's not from outer space she's not uh, from an alternate planet she's not got super strength she's just a normal person yeah. and so she has normal uh like like resources to not even normal resources what is it like i don't know the word i'm looking for like normal she can die like a normal person like yeah, she has like, the same stakes everyone else would yes. have so you can feel that terror for her even though you know she's gonna be fine yes um no and it's interesting again because like if i was watching the 70s it kind of like raises the situation of like this conversation of what would i do if i was in that situation yeah. you know what i mean because like i feel like now with the i feel like you have that conversation with your friends all the time of like oh if i was in a horror movie uh or if we were in a horror movie like what would we all do who's dying first who's you know what i yeah. mean and i feel like halloween i have to imagine like back in like the 70s and the 80s like raised that conversation of like oh if my brother was constantly coming after me to try and kill me and was just wreaking havoc across my town on Halloween. Yeah. Like, how would I, what would I do? Like, how would I protect myself? How, like, you know what I mean? And I, I imagine that was like probably a really fun conversation for people to have back in the day. It's funny you mention it. I can't go into too much detail because I don't remember the essays as much, but like I was kind of talking about earlier with this stuff with Carol Clover, mm-hmm. she does very much talk about how Halloween emphasizes this POV watch mentality yeah of the character presented on screen you can either relate to michael or you can either relate to laurie depending upon how you view the movie mm, can you elaborate on that that's so interesting um so it, it's kind of like you have these two halves of emotions you mm-hmm. have laurie strode uh, and i may not this this part isn't necessarily totally from carol clover mm-hmm. um so i do recommend going and reading those series of essays mm-hmm. she has a great um understanding of just horror as a whole with mm-hmm. gender um but with Halloween, you have this dichotomy between these two characters. You have the the strong, angry, like um, brooding character, and then you have this lighthearted, like wants to change the world, thinks everything's okay character. Mm-hmm. And throughout the entire movie, those emotions and roles swap because yes. as even though Michael's eyes are lifeless, even though he's got the devil's eyes, the darkest eyes, as Loomis puts it, um, you can still feel that malice of like, I'm killing people, this yeah. is exciting. And with Laurie, you start to feel that hopelessness and that terror yes. and that like strength that Michael had now being in Laurie. Which, yeah, which I think definitely shows like as, you know, just even like the 2018, mm-hmm. like that definitely shows. I feel like her character... I was I was honestly pleas- like very surprised by her character in the first one, like yeah. when we meet her. Well, and like having them be teenagers yeah. also brings in this level of vulnerability. Yes. Like you are in the perspective of these are teenage kids who don't know much about the world, mm-hmm. and they are having to go up against this unknown aged. I mean, he's in his twenties, but basically unknown aged killer chasing. Yes. Uh, which also brings a sense of vulnerability to mm-hmm. your audience, which is interesting. Because again, it hadn't been seen at the time. Now it's so common, but yeah. in the seventies, hadn't been seen. Also, I, like exploring like that like sibling dynamic, I think is like. Kind well, and of that's more in the second movie. Too. That's not as much in the first. I mm-hmm. will say it's never mentioned in the first that they're siblings. It's mm. the second that first brings that up. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So that's not as much explored in the first. Mm-hmm. The first, it's kind of just wrong place wrong time yeah because i feel like i kind of just like 
knew that and so i was like mm-hmm. i mean because it's just lens. one of those common known exactly things. yeah exactly because um, like with all i'll just use this newest timeline as an example with all four of these halloween movies they all tackle different things mm-hmm. utilizing the characters and the family of the strodes and so you have the original halloween which tackles this uh, concept of the normal person overcoming a triumph or overcoming a situation that mm-hmm. they technically shouldn't be able to overcome mm-hmm. and then you have Halloween uh, 2018, 40 years later, which is um, how has this affected that person and how has um, this person and her trauma affected her family? And then you have Halloween kills of how is this person's trauma affecting an entire town? Mm -hmm. And then you have Halloween ends of how does loss and like total town societal grief affect the way um, we view each other? is mm-hmm. the best way to put it, based upon the trailers. Clear, I mean, we haven't seen the new movie yet, so that could no. be shifted, but that's what the trailers are proposing. Yes. And so it's it's very interesting to see how this all stems um, just from this one character, mm-hmm. this one normal person who just was in the wrong place at yeah. the wrong time. Yeah. I think that leads to my next question for you, which is, and I do not mean for this to read like an interview, but I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm John Carpenter. <laughs> Today I will be speaking with John Carpenter. <laughs> um, no, um, I guess my next question is just, um, do you think there will be ever like in this franchise a scenario? And maybe the answer is no, just because, you know, then they couldn't make more movies yeah. where Michael is defeated. Oh, he's or defeated think- in multiple movies already. Oh, Okay. That's the thing. So, <laughs> yeah. like, even technically, and we're going to have to reset the camera here in a minute, um, but I'll watch. Even technically, Halloween Kills, um, which you yeah. have seen, right? Yes. Yeah, Halloween Kills, he's even technically defeated there and weakened yes. um, until that very last clip where he kills. That's an awful movie. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. like, even in six, he's technically killed. In um, two, he's technically killed. Mm-hmm. Um, in in I mean, like, he's been killed multiple times. And I think the thing about Michael, considering he's got four timelines at this point, I think they're not afraid to kill him because they'll just make a whole new timeline. Exactly. You know? Which is kind of fun. It is kind of fun. It's really fun. I like the... I really like that they've been able to maintain that longevity with a character that is, like, you know, kind of has, like... It's, like, the movies kind of follow, like, a similar formula. Yeah. Um, Which, granted, I will watch the other ones. The remaining, what nine that i haven't seen yeah yeah <laughs> good luck with those some of those are fun but really bad do you have a favorite halloween movie um i'm gonna switch the camera before yeah. we go into that also was any of that carol clover stuff making sense because yeah. i was trying to recall it from my i paper. thought it was really interesting because my entire paper i would have to dig it up i was proud of that paper i got a 95 on it it was about um how at the time in the 70s there just weren't any strong female protagonists so to have john carpenter do this total swap in the middle of his movie where she becomes the the dominant character was so out of nowhere in the 70s that that's why people were able to latch on and actually be terrified of what was occurring on screen. So it was so fascinating. Um, and then I got these like Helen Ripley as well as like one of my examples and things like yeah. that. It was a good essay. I liked that class. If you ever want to give I me wanna take a class. the Carol Clover book. Because they're also like a good... Carol Clover writes a lot about Texas Chainsaw, so that's her favorite oh, movie. That's my, literally one of my favorite movies. You should read them too. It's really interesting. Because it, uh, that one goes class. into like family dynamics for that. Yeah. There's a, it's a lot of like, there's a lot more deep talk to be had about horror movies than people give it credit for. I know that sounded bad, but like, I no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it made sense. I was just really like, it did, definitely. Word jargon. 
Disney total. Now we're gonna look like we were in the 1970s. Hmm. I'm obsessed with that. This is. I'm very proud of us. And we're back. Oh. I was gonna ask you about um yeah, I was gonna ask you about what's your favorite and then I'll just have you rephrase it. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to add about nineteen seventy eight? Because I've just been talking. And we can then jump to twenty eighteen. I was more just like talk. Act, I I honestly have just been like asked, just kind of like approaching as like talking about the franchise in general. Okay, that's fair. Honestly, I might start bringing in some of 2018. Uh, yeah, please it tackles do. different topics as a whole. Please do. Because Halloween um, is about changing the script. Well, Halloween 2018 is about bringing back the old. Yeah. Um. No, I was gonna ask. Do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Um. See, my favorite Halloween movie isn't even one of the Michael Myers ones. Okay. I mean, obviously, okay. Halloween, the original, is my favorite. But just taking that off the board as an option because it's just such a flawless movie. Um, Halloween 3 is actually my mm, favorite okay. sequel. Um, it doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. It's quite literally just um, about a toy maker who makes these masks that when kids put them on and watch a TV, their heads turn into bugs. <laughs> How does it? Is it at all connected to Michael Myers no. or the Stroh family? So quite literally mm. what happened with Halloween 3, although um, Jamie Lee Curtis does have a cameo voice in there, um, but no, no, Halloween 3 was this attempt by John Carpenter, and uh, I was almost saying my, my professor for editing, but I forget the other person's name, and his producer, basically, to separate their name from Michael Myers and make Halloween, it's, an, it's, it's like an anthology of every couple of years, they make a new Halloween anthology movie. Mm. And so they were supposed to be these each their own separate stories. By this point, they'd released Halloween and then Halloween 2, which came out in 1981, both bo big box office successes, but they were like, we killed Michael, we're done with it. But then they didn't really market three well enough to where people didn't believe Michael Myers was in it. Mm -hmm. And so when people show up and there's no Michael Myers, they're like, why am I even here? Because at this point, we're now hitting the, uh, the, the era of uh, we have Jason getting a movie every year. We have Freddy Krueger getting a movie every year, things like that. And so Halloween 3 is always an underrated Halloween movie for me because... Everyone always writes it off as, that doesn't have Michael Myers. It's mm. an awful Halloween movie. When realistically, if you were to put all these movies side by side, I'd argue it's one of the best in the franchise. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out, yeah. obviously. That is a um, good Halloween movie. If you want just like a general scary movie to watch this month that's like funny and doesn't take itself seriously, but is like is well done, well done yeah. would be Halloween 3, okay. Season of the Witch. You heard it here first. Highly recommend. Um, I highly recommend all these. I'm, yeah. I'm a Michael Myers fan until I die. I have to say, after watching... It's like your favorite, though. No, I was going to say. Before you go into that. Oh. No, that's what I was going to say. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have to say, after watching the three that I've watched, I have to say, I think 2018. Even over the original. Even with the original, but I mean... Curious as to why. Because I have an idea of why, but... I just... I mean, maybe it's just because it was the first one I watched, and I did love the original so much, but I just loved... Um, I just thought the the horror of it and like the gore of it was so good. Yeah. And like the whole I just like loved seeing Laurie Strode with like all of her traps and her little lair. Like yeah. I thought that that did such a good job. I also loved like the mother the mother daughter dynamic that mm -hmm. was explored in that movie. Um three generations of Strode women. Yes, exactly. I thought it was just very like in a way kind of heartfelt, <laughs> which is like a weird thing to say about a Michael Myers. No, 100%. Movie, but I thought it I li I really liked the like the mother daughter, you know, 
dynamic like the generational dynamic of it yeah. um of like this um has been like tormenting this family for so long and like seeing um you know specifically Lori and i don't remember the daughter's name i just call her judy greer yeah judy greer like, because that's that yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah um i i just really enjoyed like watching like them work together mm-hmm. and i enjoyed all of their scenes together i also there were just like a lot of scenes from that movie that really stuck out to me um just like the scene from the beginning when um or it was toward the beginning of the movie when um like in the gas station bathroom with the podcasters yes yes oh my god we're gonna die. <laughs> We're gonna die. <laughs> also, by the daughter, we meant Laurie Strode's daughter, yes. not the daughter of Laurie Strode's daughter. Yes, it gets complicated. Yeah. Anyway, but bathroom scene with podcast. Yeah, that scene was just. Was there a scene? Okay, let's cut this part. But it was there a scene like with, with like nails or something? It was teeth. Teeth. Yeah, so they're in the bathroom stall. These podcasters were, like, trying to get Michael's mask. They go to him at the beginning of the movie, and they're like, say something, say something, and that cuts to the do-do-do-do-do-do. And um, their whole plot line is kind of stupid, to be honest. I think it's the weakest part of that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, it's supposed to be the fans mm-hmm. of the franchise, like, being obsessed, like, we have to keep bringing him back. And so these podcasters are like, we have to dig up all these murders again because they're true crime podcasters, and, like, we have to tell the Michael story. And so uh, they uh, take the mask with them, go to a gas station. Michael escapes the the asylum Mm -hmm. that he's staying at. And um, basically he goes into that bathroom to kill these two podcasters. And one of the guys he killed in the mechanic station, he took his teeth out. And so there's this scene where he goes and stands at the foot of the, the stall, puts his hand over it, and just opens it, and all these teeth come clattering on the floor. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yeah. exactly. That that was just one of the most, which I feel silly saying this, considering I didn't remember it just now. I watched this movie about a year ago. Um, but that was, like, one of, for a long time, that was, like, one of the most memorable scenes for me. It was just so visceral in that moment. I felt so much dread, and, like, I don't know if that's just because that was the first Halloween movie I'd seen but I thought that there was just so many effective scenes in that movie yeah that really like struck me as like a horror fan I feel like this movie is just much more your aesthetic because it's a very flashy movie it is it's got a lot of color it's got a lot of lights it's honestly it gives off the aesthetic of what I'm like it gives off the aesthetic of x not like the the vibe of x but the aesthetic like how it looks um with exception to some of the more muted tones, it's more um, colorful and modern and hip, and it's it like is, yeah, definitely. Which is such a such a big, I mean, it, it makes a dichotomy between that and the original because it's forty years later. It is, yeah. Um, so I think that's. Would you say that's also why you maybe like it more? Just I think so. Look? I think so. And Ryan and I have been talking about this. We talked about this literally yesterday. But um, I think because, like, I did not grow up watching horror. And I, my experiences with horror are really based around, like, modern horror films. And, like, so I think sometimes it can be harder for me to watch um, older horror fil- films. Just because, like, that's such a blind spot for me. And I'm trying to get better about it. But um, I think that is why, like, probably part of the reason why I can, like, I connected so well with 2018 yeah um just aesthetically i thought it was really good i also think aesthetically i really love how like this franchise is centered around the night of halloween because i do feel like that just like raises the stakes because i think halloween is already just the day of halloween it's just such like i don't know this like it's just a very specific excitement of like feeling like 
Feeling excited to get scared. Wait, yes. Wait, yeah. wait, let me rephrase that. Rephrase I think it. it's such a specific feeling of like being excited um, and like scared and getting all, all day you're getting prepared and it's just so like fall and it's just, it's a very like cozy feeling. A very like, I, I think it's one of the best examples of like childhood joy mm. comes from Halloween. And so to make this movie where it kind of draws on like the comforting aesthetics of Halloween um, and all of the movies, like it's like, drawing on like that joy and that excitement that you feel on Halloween but then turning it to this like for this character and this family a very like um dreaded day I think it's just like so interesting as well and I think that's another thing that struck me about this series no you're good I'm trying to remember. Let's go. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think just like that interesting of oh, that like everyone is excited, like everyone else in the world is excited for this night of like just childhood wonder and costumes and candy and trick-or-treating. It's a very cozy fall thing that everyone looks forward to, but then for this community and specifically for the Strode family, it's this very dreaded night mm-hmm. of terror, of recalling past traumas, of recalling this horror, yeah. of even just like having to protect themselves. Um, and I think that that's an interesting aspect as to why like I think the aesthetics of this movie are so successful, especially in 20, the 2018 one, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. and there's a lot of cool shots like there's that one neighborhood scene on halloween night where it's all a one shot basically Mm. and you follow michael into this tool shed he comes into a house kills the people in that house you walk out the front door of that house walk into another he walks into another house um and the camera pulls back to watch this person at their window and it's like oh where'd michael go but then all of a sudden he's behind her and stabs her right in the neck and it's just like the level of of like care that went into crafting all these shots uh just throughout the movie that's the one that just stands out to me because it's made to be a one shot um but just the level of artistry that goes into every element of this movie of like yeah we're paying homage to the original this is a sequel um but at the same time we want to do something different yeah which is really cool that's another thing is that i think what else make like what makes him so scary in my opinion is all those shots of him like where he's just walking or like you know he's gonna go kill someone but he's literally walking like no urgency and it's just that scary like it's so odd it's so that's what i think makes him silent it's so quiet it's so he's expressionless i mean Mm. obviously he's wearing a mask but it's like he's just so like it just feels so calculated so eerie and that's what i think makes him just like as a villain scarier to me than like I mean, this is different, but like a ghost, just like aesthetically in terms of ghost, like and then ghost face. Yeah. Um, it's just something about it is so striking and so scary and so like fear inducing just to have this like calculated, like flat face. That like, just kills. T- that just kills. It's so ruthless. It's emotionless. Yeah. It's no remorse. The devil's um, eyes. The devil's eyes. Um, but yeah, I thought there's just and i again when i was watching the original i did not expect to be scared by it and he saw and i was like so even just like from the jump i was like wincing um it, i think they did such a good job I mean, yeah, but that iconic scene of like 
Michael with the the ghost costume on when he goes to kill yes. uh, what's her name? I don't know. I forget her name. But he, she he goes to kill her, mm-hmm. and so she's like, "You're being weird, Bob," because she thinks it's her boyfriend, and so she calls Lori on the yeah. phone. It's like, "Are you playing a prank on me?" Because she starts getting strangled with the phone wire by Michael, <laughs> and then like even just that that breathing into that phone. Oh yeah. While Lori's on it, and you just hear the the raspiness of it and then it, he hangs up it's like just it's all so well crafted and terrifying it is yeah yeah um howling kills <laughs> um, <laughs> um okay let me start by saying it's not a bad m- i mean it is a bad mo- movie it was but entertaining it's, not a, it's entertaining yeah and it's well crafted like they did fine but i just Why evil didn't... dies tonight <laughs> yeah they got ahead of themselves. That's how I felt. Like, got too comfortable. They did. And, like, I, I got to give it credit. Like, the humor in this movie is the best of the franchise. Yes. Um, The kills are great. It's the goriest of all the Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's just got no redeemable qualities, I feel like. I also just, I didn't think it was super memorable Mm-mm. and super... It didn't feel as, like, as much, like, care went into it and the things that typically, sh- like felt so um um signature about the halloween movies i thought with this movie we're just kind of absent yeah and i'm fine trying new things but don't do poorly at trying new things yeah maybe that's like an unfair way to criticize it but like let's let's just break down halloween kills like i said it talks about the town i love the idea of talking about how this tragedy is affected in the town yes i love that that works really well but the problem with it is it zooms out to these characters from the original movie that we just, we, who cares? Yes. You know? And it's like... We came here for... For Lori. We came here for the, the Strode family. We came here for Miss Jamie Lee Curtis, for Miss Lori Strode. She's in the movie for 10 minutes. Yes. It's a two-hour movie. Yes. And she's in the movie for 10 of it. 10 minutes of it. It's just, it's it's one of those situations, and I think a lot of times, like, shows will do this where i think we've all like been there or one of our favorite shows will introduce a bunch of new characters it's like no i just want to see the like main people that i care about and the characters i've grown to love and, yeah you know and it's and i think just in that movie like that like missing that and it's different like how you're describing me with halloween 3 um i feel like that would is a little bit different because of course they're like it's not focused on the strodes it's not focused on michael myers but like it's kind of a completely shifted concept and so like i feel like and again i haven't seen the movie but it sounds like that's kind of why like yeah it worked because they fully committed to that but in this movie it felt like oh they were still like dealing with the same tragedies but not with like the same characters and so i feel like that choice kind of felt like or even then just like focusing too much on new characters yes it's like it felt like the middle chapter of a trilogy yes and i mean that in a derogatory way um because i feel like a lot of trilogies the problem is that middle movie is always so bad because all they're trying to do is set up things for the finale Mm -hmm. and that's what halloween kills did and that's not saying every trilogy is like that like look at star wars four five six each one is a good standalone movie but then you look at halloween with Mm. this new trilogy it's like halloween 2018 really good halloween kills what happened yeah, it's just again, it's it goes back to the whole, um, and again, I I because Halloween has made a name for itself for having these different storylines and being able to kind of like work with that and make choices within that. But with this, it just that choice to completely like pivot the characters it was focusing on just mm-hmm. felt so like 
forced and it felt just it didn't make me like there was no it didn't make me want to watch because I feel like another thing that like people love about the Halloween franchise is it's kind of like you know what to expect from it um in a way like especially like from like a big like especially now I people have grown to love like oh I'm gonna watch Laurie Strode outsmart Michael Myers Michael Myers will not die probably Michael Myers Laurie Strode will be fine we we know these things like yeah. we, we've grown to expect and we have a formula and like that's what makes Halloween so beloved in my opinion and like that's why I, like it's and especially for after talking with you about it that's yeah. kind of like what I've gathered is that like that's part of the reason like this movie has been so like this franchise has been so successful so to have this movie that just like completely ha- focuses on the same storyline but kind of pivots characters it just felt disappointing I didn't care and it didn't give me time i didn't i didn't even feel like by the end of the movie that i developed a liking or like a care for these characters it felt like a movie you can skip and understand what happened. definitely definitely and that's the thing like it felt kind of it didn't feel super purposeful um and i and i love like when a franchise will have time to do like kind of like world building Mm. um and that's what i felt like they were kind of going for yeah um but i feel like that's more appropriate when it's like yes yeah I feel like that's kind of what more what appropriate for like a TV show or whereas mm-hmm. this and again like I'm I'm such a big from of like don't criticize the content of a movie criticize how they executed it yeah. but at the same time with this one this is just personally like I did not feel a connection to the characters and I feel like they could have like done it in a way that like made me care for these characters but mm-hmm. I just don't think they developed them well enough either especially for all of them to die by the end of it yeah also what kind of subtitle is kills like, I get it. This is the goriest Halloween movie. Why are we calling it Halloween Kills? Hall- yeah, Halloween didn't do anything. Like, I kind of like the name. There's, It's it's a weird thing. It's like half of me likes the name. The other half of me thinks it's worse than Curse of Michael Myers, which is the sixth. Worse than Halloween Resurrection. Worse than I don't Halloween know. I don't know about Return Halloween of H- Michael Myers. I, I mean, I haven't seen Halloween H2O, but... Well, I call it H2O. It's it's really Halloween H20, but the fans call it out. Oh, okay. Because H20 is Halloween 20, like 20 oh, years later. Because okay, that movie okay. takes years, 20 okay. years later oh, after okay. the original. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I can still <laughs> you see you that. not liking that. I was like, I was like H2O, like no, the I'm mermaids. Keeping that. I'm keeping that. I was like, the oh, mermaids. like with Cleo, Ricky, and um, Bella. Michael Myers. <laughs> and Michael them. Myers. Yeah. I'd watch that. Um, I mean, I will say, like, positives, so we're not just ragging on this movie. Halloween Kills is the scariest Michael it's Myers. It's gory. I mean, like, he it's... he pulls no punches. Mm-hmm. He is terrifying from the moment he's back on screen. Because in Halloween 2018, he's left in a basement burning alive. And in uh, Halloween Kills, he returns when these firefighters fall into his little basement. And all of a sudden, this weapons rack thing pulls up. And there he is, standing there, half his face burnt just menacingly staring and just goes and beats the ever-living crud out of this firefighter who did nothing. And it's like, this is the most brutal and terrifying version of Michael yet, I feel like. He's purely rage this entire movie. He is mad. He's mad. He is salty. (laughs) He said, Laurie, how dare you? Um, And especially, like, another positive of this is exploring the brief time they did do it um, they explored like Laurie's obsession with he's coming back for me, but the reality of this movie is it's it's there to show no Michael just kills he's not here for Laurie he doesn't give yeah a it's kind of like Laurie. mindless yeah um, he just wants to go home is the whole plot of this movie. he's just like me he does not let things go 
And that's very me. It's <laughs> like, is there more to that? <laughs> he does not let things go. I just want to go home Sometimes and look he's out just the window. Mad. Sometimes he's just in a mood, and I totally get that. But, yeah. Because um, I walked into this movie I excited because I saw it in theaters. Yeah. And I left just eh. And I don't leave movies just eh. I either leave hating it or loving it. Yeah. And I feel like just eh is the worst feeling you can have about a movie. Yeah, I'd like, rather hate a movie than feel eh. Yeah, because I felt like I didn't leave it thinking about it. Like, I, when I finished watching it, I love, like, when a movie, and I feel like the original that I watched today and then 2018, like, they both left me. I was thinking about them, and I was thinking. And I feel like when I left, um, um, Halloween Kills, it was just kind of, like, very, like, in a way, like, resolute, and I just, it didn't leave me, like, thinking about the characters it didn't leave me feeling really anything for the movie which i think is something that like left me kind of disappointed and they killed judy greer in the last five minutes for no reason yeah which is like there was no need for that did your contract end was that it like i'm sorry that's not gonna drive anything in the next movie because exactly. laurie was already gonna go after michael regardless so we just lost one of the better characters of the franchise yeah. Um, and there's a lot of obsession in this movie of Michael having his mask taken off. Michael gets stabbed seven times in the back, maybe even more, by this entire town of people, and he's still okay. He's fine. Like, is he supernatural at this point? That's what I. That's what I think. Like, usually I don't get mad at that kind of stuff because it's like, whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's just an unstoppable force. But these, the 2018 movie, drives so hard that he's just a guy. Um, yes and that's the thing is like i need i need some more discussion on that yeah in the film but i mean i guess it's kind of something that's like a little debate for the community i'm not sure if they ever like talk like confirm if he's this is like off the record do they ever confirm if he's like supernatural or not i have no clue as someone who's seen every movie i've got no idea okay because there is like in one of the storylines there's the thorn storyline where he's in a cult and this cult gave him like magical powers of healing regeneration this is Riverdale. It's basically Riverdale. This is, this but is actually good. Riverdale, but good, yeah. <laughs> this is what Riverdale was going for. Um, I don't know, but I think that is fun. Like, the, that kind of, like, debate within, like, the fan base of, oh, is this, um, is he supernatural or is he just a guy that's really evil and will mindlessly kill? Um, I lean more on this he's supernatural um, a little bit. He stabbed a guy's eyes out with his thumbs. Oh, the Game of Thrones. That's cool. Classic. I love... Just grabs this guy's skull. The Barbarian. Oh, which you haven't seen. I haven't seen it. Oh, did you just spoil Barbarian? It's not a spoiler. I just no got Barbarian spoiled. Maybe you, you cut that out. What did you think about that kill in Halloween Kills where he grabs the guy's head and squeezes his eyeballs in? I love it. Yeah. I wish... I feel like I've seen that... Um, I feel like that's a that's become something like they do... Yeah. You can start here. Um, <laughs> or like... I, I feel like um, that is something that I've seen. Like I've seen that in... Game of Thrones, and I've seen it in um, Barbarian. But every time I see it, like, that happen, it's so visceral that it just, like, leaves me, like, what? Sorry, go ahead. I no, had, it's I so visceral, it. and, like, you could just feel that. And it's um, – I thought it was really successful in the movie, I will say. I thought the kills were. Like we, like we said, like, I think the kills were definitely the best part. The girl who accidentally kills herself with a gun is the, like, most insanely cool mm -hmm. kill in this movie – because she leaves this car while Michael's attacking everyone in it. Mm -hmm. And she has a desert eagle. Because, yeah, this car just has a desert eagle. And so she comes back, and she's shooting at Michael. 
and she gets too close to the car. Michael kicks the car door, and she accidentally flips the gun back and shoots herself. Yeah. It, like, it is such a cool it scene. It was shocking. Like, I was like... I was just sitting there going, this is metal. It's great, because the music <laughs> kicks in, and it's like this hardcore rock music after he does it with just lifeless eyes. It's so good. Yeah. It's so it's so good. It's I mean, so the kills fun. in that movie. That kills. That is a fun movie. I will say, like, as much as like we're trashing on it in terms of the, in the context of the of the series, uh, not the series, in just the movie making. Of the, uh, in the context of the um, trilogy. Yes, in the context of the trilogy, I know we're trashing on it, but I will say, if you are looking for just pure gore and an enjoyable experience, and honestly, I would say that this might be a good movie even for people that like have not like watched like have not seen halloween if yeah i mean it's a, a fun movie I, I it is a fun movie i am okay. trashing on it purely because i just it's too goofy for me and i love goofy movies so you know yeah. but i mean like there's a line in here like i keep saying evil dies tonight that gets chanted throughout this entire movie i would say for about 30 minutes and then evil does time. not die tonight evil does not actually unless no. the town is evil then in that case evil does mm. die um but like it starts because they're at a bar and they're like oh michael's on the loose and so they um there's this tip jar that says love lives on or something. And she goes, love lives on. And then the guy drops a coin in and goes, and evil dies tonight and walks out of the bar. And I'm like, why yeah. are we watching and this? If, if Ryan is calling the movie too goofy, that's a problem. Cause I make goofy movies. Like we, we, we can, we love a goofy movie. Like we can enjoy it. We that's a good a Disney movie. movie. Yeah. The goofy movie. The go- a very, that's goofy what we're movie. actually talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, time it's yeah. a good time it is that's the best way definitely to like i would say it's a it could be a good standalone if you're just looking for like a horror movie to turn on like i do think it is yeah you don't need to know any story i mean there are some dumb storylines in it like they basically this town chases down someone who they think is michael and it ends up not being michael just someone who happened to escape the psychiatric ward they were in and um basically kills this guy that clearly isn't Michael because he's shorter than Michael. He clearly doesn't look uh, mm-hmm. battle bruised and all that and stuff. And so it's just like that's a stupid storyline that could have been cut out of the movie to save us some time. It's just there's a lot of issues with it. Yeah. But Halloween ends. Have you seen the trailer for Halloween ends? No, I actually haven't. Yes, you have. No, I'm you so saw serious. It in oh, <laughs> I did see it. In Do you want to watch it real quick before we talk about it? I don't think I'm gonna talk about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, we'll briefly go into it. Yeah. Or if you just want to talk about it. Yeah. So Halloween ends. We're hitting Halloween ends now. We're hitting Halloween ends, which I'm so excited for. I will be reviewing it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I have... All goes well. I'm kind of sad, but also I not. Because I have I have a concert I'm going to the day we are going to be allowed concert. to see it. I'm going to see Lil Nas X. Yes, so I am excited for that, because I love Lil Nas X. But it just happens to be on the day we're going to have access to Halloween ends. And so, so I won't get to watch it until it releases in theaters and Sage. I mean, Sage will kill it. It'll be a great review. Go check it I out. I will Halloween Kills. She will Halloween Kills. Unlike, unlike Halloween Kills, I'm going to... Halloween 2018. I'm trying to make a joke. Not, that's going to have to be cut. I was trying to make a... I'm not cutting it. Just like... Now I have to cut that. Guys, it is, it is 1.30 in the morning. I'm yeah. trying to be funny. Just like just cut that. Halloween slays. Yeah. No, wait, ready? Like unlike um <laughs> just like Michael Myers, I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> and just like the newest <laughs> movie, I'm gonna Halloween ends that joke. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Halloween Ends is coming out. The trailer yeah. looks good. Right now, the rumor and all the test screening stuff, uh, I'm going to attribute this to a 3C Films. Go look them up if you want to get more information about this kind of stuff. Right now, the movie is centered around this concept of what happens if someone took up the the mantra and the uh, role of Michael Myers. But also still having a lot of Michael Myers in this movie because apparently there were reshoots is what I'm hearing from Reddit. I'm on the Halloween Reddit. I hear a lot of random rumors all the time. But basically, this movie has like a kid in it who gets mistaken for Michael Myers, supposedly. Mm. And that was in the description of the trailer on Universal's first trailer they released. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm interested to see Halloween ends. As long as it's better than Kills, and as long as it's a good send-off for Jamie Lee Curtis in this franchise, because I feel like we won't see a return mm-hmm. to the Halloween franchise for a bit of time. Um, unless this does really well, but I, I doubt it's going to do well, purely because the whole Peacock thing. Yeah. Um, but that's just my opinion. I'm still going to enjoy it. I yeah. know I will. As someone who just saw all the Halloweens in this newest timeline, what do you think overall? What are your thoughts on the franchise as a whole, the slasher, the Strode family, Laurie Strode herself? Um, I think that this movie, I can totally see why this has become such um, a beloved horror franchise. I think that it's did such a good job of following a consistent formula without making that formula boring or making it feel overdone. Um, just because I think it really like rests on like these really like interesting characters and because like it follows the same formula but still kind of follows these characters and really like talks about how like this tragedy has impacted the Strode family impacted the town and it all kind of centers itself around like Halloween which like I said is like kind of just like like takes a really gruesome spin on like a night that is so like um connoted with like childhood wonder and costumes and fall bliss and it's just such like a like a cozy happy night of the year um for it to kind of center around that and center around this like tragedy and like this town and that is like on constant alert and i don't know when you're watching a halloween movie and we've said this you kind of know what you're getting yourself into um but if for some reason though it might you kind of know it never feels predictable and it never feels um like boring or overdone because you know you know what you're getting into but there's always that possibility of oh is this it for michael is laurie strode going to um die in this one (laughs) i don't know how else to put it um but no and i feel like that's why that this has just be like been such a successful franchise and i i think that they could always it's just so smart what they did like they could always make more and i would watch it every time 100 percent 100%. 100%. And of all the iconic slashers, I would argue, even though he's not my personal favorite, Michael Myers and Halloween are the most consistently entertaining. Yes. Maybe not the most consistently good, but the consistent, most consistently entertaining. Yeah. And just like that, we're going to Halloween ends this podcast. Thank you, yeah. um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you, Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you, Nick Castle, for playing the original Michael Myers. Thank you, John Carpenter, for giving us the best horror icon out there. And thank you, Harry Styles, for joining us tonight. Yeah. But Um, I've been Ryan. I've been Sage. And this has been the Unscripted Podcast. Thank you. Bye. That was a good episode. That was good.